Glory to Jesus Christ, Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish presents Light of the East, a program revealing how the Eastern Catholic Churches have nourished the Roman Catholic Churches and today's world in profound ways through their history, traditions, mysteries, and spirituality. Hello, I am Father Thomas J. Loyal, pastor of Annunciation of the Mother of God Byzantine Catholic Church in Homer Glen, Illinois, and this is the story of the Eastern Churches, an inspiring story of faith courage, intrigue, mystery, spirituality, dissension, and reconciliation. But most of all, this is an expression of a great experience of faith through our unique divine liturgy. Join with me now as we look toward the light of the East. Light of the East is also supported by the iconography of Father Thomas J. Loya. Father Loya's iconography for your prayer and home devotion may be obtained by going to MorningstarBooksAndGifts.com That's MorningstarBooksAndGifts.com Then click on the Art and Decorative link and click on Icons in the drop-down or call 630-629-1720 Morningstar Books and Gifts, 28 West St. Charles Street, Lombard, Illinois Glory to Jesus Christ. Welcome to Light of the East. I'm Father Thomas Loya, and also with a very special guest who's going to bring us some important and urgent, exciting information about the Eastern Churches and what's happening with the Eastern Churches. We welcome to Light of the East, once again, one of our great friends, Jack Figo. Welcome, Jack. Glory to Jesus Christ. Glory forever, Father. Good to be with you again. Yeah, you too. You're just in from a recent trip, so you're all full of all kinds of news, and we're just going to pump you here today in light of the East because it would be most informative to our listeners. And, and before we begin, though, why don't you explain to listeners who you are? Okay. Well, basically, I am a uh, born and raised uh, Byzantine Catholic, uh, originally from Pittsburgh, and now living in Fairfax, Virginia, outside of Washington, D.C. And about 20 years ago, I started a hobby business called Eastern Christian Publications that in that time now has published over 200 books on the Eastern churches for both Catholics and Orthodox. That led into the starting of the Oriental Lumen Ecumenical Conferences that are held every year in Washington and have been held in different places around the world since then. And that led into uh, Oriental Lumen Television and uh, CD and DVD recordings of lectures, special events, uh, liturgical celebrations, that we provide through a streaming video website uh, and also um, for parishes to use as, uh, for educational programs. So uh, I've started a whole series of uh, programs and publications and media uh, over the last uh, 20 years of work. These conferences have been international. You have led trips to places like Istanbul, which of course was uh, the seat of the the source of the Byzantine Church during the Byzantine Empire centuries ago. And uh, now you've That's got... Right, Deb. One of the first participants in the, in the conferences uh, was Archbishop Sevalod of uh, Blessed Memory, the Ukrainian Orthodox Church there in Chicago. 
and he introduced me many years ago to Patriarch Bartholomew in Constantinople. And uh, in uh, the year 2004, we proposed the first idea to hold one of these meetings uh, there, uh, close to the headquarters of the Fenar, the uh, That's like, sort of, of like the Patriarch of Constantinople, and have held three conferences there now, the last one just this past summer. And the Fenar, for those who are listening, is sort of like the, the Vatican of for the Eastern Orthodox churches, right, Jack? Yeah. Um, the Orthodox, of course, have a slightly different view of the church, that they are uh, a collection of sister churches uh, that are in communion with each other, and so you have the Greek Orthodox, you have the Russian Orthodox, Ukrainian Orthodox, and others. Um, but the most senior of the Orthodox patriarchs is Constantinople uh, from the days of the uh, ecumenical councils. Now, you just came back from Europe, uh, specifically Central Europe, where, of course, it's a place of our origins of our church, the Byzantine Catholic Church. It's in America now, but its origins are in Central Europe. And, boy, there's a lot of big things happening there, especially, I think you were there when the had the election or the installation of the new, well, they call him Patriarch, the Ukrainians do, for the Ukrainian Byzantine Catholic Church. Yes, that's right. Um, Patriarch or Major Archbishop Lulumir Hussar, who actually came to our uh, Oriental Lumen Conference in Istanbul about four years ago. Uh, his health has finally uh, caught up with him, and, and the Vatican accepted his retirement a month or so ago. So the Ukrainian Greek Catholic Church Synod met in Kiev uh, about two weeks ago, and elected uh, the successor to uh, Cardinal Hussar uh, by the name of uh, Sviatoslav Shevchuk, uh, who was bishop in Buenos Aires, and now he is the uh, leader, the major archbishop of Kiev uh, for the Ukrainian Greek Catholics, and we happened to be in Slovakia at the time of the enthronement uh, of uh, his beatitude, uh, and so there was uh, lots of information, lots of excitement going on about the Eastern Churches. Yes, and there was a particular, very particularly, particularly interesting occurrence that happened there in terms of who attended. Yes, um, the the new major archbishop uh, Sviatoslav uh, invited to his enthronement ceremony on March the twenty seventh representatives of the three Orthodox jurisdictions uh, in Ukraine, one that is uh, closely aligned with the Moscow Patriarchate uh, of the Russian Orthodox Church. Uh, and the other two independent Orthodox churches in Ukraine. And uh, bishops from all three attended his enthronement, and reports are that during the services, the, the Divine Liturgy, uh, our new Archbishop uh, Sviatoslav uh, embraced the Orthodox representatives with the kiss of peace, uh, said to them, Christ is among us, and they responded, uh, he is and always will be, uh, and that... Uh, he has also been making statements over the last week or 10 days since his trip to Rome and interviews in the Ukrainian press uh, about wanting to try to uh, promote uh, unity amongst the Catholics and Orthodox, uh, not only in Ukraine, but, but in the worldwide church. And this is a, an incredible, incredible bit of news. Uh, and, I, and for our listeners to give a little background about this, the Ukrainian Byzantine Catholic Church has claimed that it's, of course, obviously, its, its origins really were in Kiev, right, Jack? Yes, yes. The, the uh, origins of, of Christianity for all of Rus, which includes Russia, Ukraine, uh, and other places, uh, was the baptism of, of Prince Vladimir, now St. Vladimir of Kiev, in the year 988. Uh, and uh, over the centuries, uh, that church has uh, grown into the Slavic lands, uh, was the original church that... Uh, 
was founded and, and promoted by the czars of Russia, uh, and the Ukrainian Greek Catholic Church um, was created uh, from what was known as the Union of Brest uh, in the 16th century, when a group of Orthodox bishops um, uh, made an agreement with Rome to return to the Catholic Church, uh, but to keep their traditions of being Eastern. And uh, that was the creation of their church. And, and of course, our church, uh, Father Tom, the Ruthenian Greek Catholic Church, was founded some 50 years later, in the year 1646, with the Union of Ojedad, which was of a similar nature. Uh, Orthodox who wanted to become Catholic but keep their Eastern traditions, uh, and they founded our church uh, there in Ujrad in, in uh, Eastern Europe as well. You know, it's interesting, Jack, there was an article about the, uh, it's from Catholic News Agency. I'm going to read some of this article to you about the new major archbishop. Okay, here's a little bit of information from the article on the new archbishop from the Catholic News Agency. It says that political and theological disputes have left a lasting mark on Ukraine, where two rival Eastern Orthodox churches, both entirely separate from the Ukrainian Catholic Church, are also not in communion with one another. One of the Ukrainian Orthodox churches is affiliated with the Russian Orthodox Church in Moscow, while the other claims to represent Ukraine independently of Russia. Now, Jack, you're saying that representatives from these two churches were at the installation. Yes, that's right. In fact, there's a third independent group, much smaller than the other two. Uh, also, uh, one calls themselves the Kievan Patriarchate, uh, and the other is a, a metropolitan Ukrainian autocephalous church. Now, what's interesting about this whole word patriarch, you see, the Ukrainian business Catholics believe that their leader, who's now this new leader, um, Major Archbishop Sevchuk, 41 years old, right, Jack? Very young. Yes, he's, at, uh, he's only 40. 40, well. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> he's the third... By some accounts, the third youngest Catholic bishop in the entire world. And, and he's actually basically the ranking prelate of all Slavic Byzantine Catholic churches. That's right. Uh, as, as the head of the Ukrainian Greek Catholic Church, uh, he's now uh, overseeing the largest Eastern Catholic Church there is within the communion of the Catholic churches. Uh, and the, uh, the name that they give to his title is officially Major Archbishop. Uh, but that was created out of deference to the Orthodox to not create new patriarchates, but his church and he himself uh, function effectively uh, as if he was a patriarch, uh, and the Synod elected him, uh, and uh, within the community of the Catholic churches, they, they essentially function as if they are a patriarchal church. Yeah, so they consider themselves that. However, that's not official in the eyes of Rome, and Rome is kind of in a tight spot with this whole thing, because they're trying to make headway with the Russian Orthodox churches in terms of ecumenism, and the Russian Orthodox church has a problem with the Ukrainian Byzantine Catholics referring to themselves as a patriarchal church. So what is Rome to do? In fact, in the article here from the Catholic News Agency says this, amidst these disputes, the faithful of the Ukrainian Catholic church regarded Cardinal Hussar, that was the previous major archbishop, as the patriarch of Kiev prior to his retirement and applied the title to him in liturgical settings. Although the Vatican did not officially recognize him under this title, the announcement of his retirement significantly made reference to the portion of canon law that describes the retirement of Eastern patriarchs. Isn't that interesting? That Rome hasn't called him that, but at the same time referred to the section of canon law that refers to patriarchs. And in his homily, Major Archbishop Sevchuk referred to himself as the leader and father of the Ukrainian Catholic Church. And he also made reference to Cardinal Archbishop Joseph Schlippe, who led the church from 1944 to 84 as a, as they called him, Patriarch Joseph. 
So this new major archbishop is seems to be following right in line with this uh, thinking of the Ukrainian Byzantine Catholics that they are a patriarchal church. Yes, and, and indeed they act as, as one. Um, their synod elected him. Um, he um, submitted his uh, acceptance to Rome, and it was blessed by the Pope. The Pope did not choose him. The synod did. Uh, and in all other matters of church governance, uh, for the most part, the Ukrainian Greek Catholic Church functions as if it was patriarchal. Uh, there are, of course, other official patriarchal church within the Catholic Church, uh, besides that of Rome. Uh, Patriarch Gregorius, uh, for instance, uh, heads the Melkite, or Arabic, Greek Catholic Church, based in the combination of Damascus and Beirut. Uh, There is a Coptic Catholic Patriarch, based in uh, Alexandria and Egypt. Uh, Then there are several others, uh, most of them in the Middle East. But by far, the largest of these Eastern Catholic independent churches is the Ukrainian Greek Catholic Church. Well, we're going to talk more about this complicated ecclesiology of the Eastern Churches when we return. I'm Father Thomas Loya with our guest, Jack Fiegel, on Light of the East. Light of the East's mission is Christianity's reunion. And to tell the story of the Eastern lung of the Catholic Church, we need your support in order to keep Light of the East on the air. You can make a donation now by going to byzantinecatholic.com. That's byzantinecatholic.com. Click on the radio button and then donate securely using any major credit card. With your help, we can keep Light of the East's illumination bright. Pope John Paul II once said, Humanity, its dignity and its balance, at every moment and on every place on earth, will depend upon who he is for her and who she is for him. I am Father Thomas Loya with a Theology of the Body moment for the Tabor Life Institute. Why are we a man? Why are we a woman? Unless we know the why, we do not know the how to be man or a woman, and therefore we do not know how to really be for each other. The why behind being a man or woman is told in the theology of our gendered bodies. Our bodies speak a language. Gender reveals God. Through gender, we can actually participate in the way that God loves us. We can love as God loves. Human sexuality is an icon of the very interior life of the Holy Trinity. To find out more about the theology of the body, visit TaborLife.org. TaborLife.org. You're listening to Father Thomas Lawyer on Light of the East. You're listening to the choirs of Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish under the direction of Timothy Woods in Homer Glen, Illinois. This is the music you hear on Light of the East and is sung during the sacred liturgy at Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish. All we ask is a donation of $15 or more, which includes shipping and handling, to Annunciation Parish for each Theosis CD. Send a check made out to Annunciation Parish at 14610 Wilcook Road, Homer Glen, Illinois, 60491. And may God grant you... Welcome back to Light of the East. We have our great friend on today, our marvelous guest, Jack Figo, who's back 
from another one of his uh, incredible missions in the lands of the origins of our Byzantine Catholic Church in Central Europe. And Jack, we were talking a lot about this patriarchal issue. And for those who are listening, that patriarch kind of works like this, so to kind of put it simply. In the Eastern churches, the ecclesiology is, is known as local church ecclesiology. In other words, as you said earlier, Jack, the ecclesiology, in other words, the way that the East looks at church structure, is not quite so pyramidal as, you know, kind of like a big pyramid, like if you do as we have in the West, where you have the Pope and the validity of all the dioceses and bishops come about as a result of their union with the one Pope of Rome. Was, he's sort of like the top person, and everyone else is, in a sense, under him. Like a lot of times, Jack, people ask me, well, is your church under the Pope? They have that concept of being under. Okay, so that's a kind of a very linear, unilateral kind of ecclesiology that developed in the West. In the East, it's more like little sort of circles that are all joined together into maybe one larger circle, known as the Eastern churches. In other words, you have a patriarch who's, in a sense, like a pope. In fact, it kind of almost means the same thing. The patriarch, that's like the father of the church. He has his other bishops and other priests and laity with him, and that comprises a complete church in Eastern ecclesiology. And so the patriarch basically is the head of a church in the Eastern churches. It is not necessary for the Eastern churches to be in communion with the Pope of Rome, especially in the case of Orthodox churches, for themselves to consider themselves a complete church. In other words, they have, in a sense, their own popes, as it were. In fact, in the Coptic Orthodox Church, Jack, their, their head, head of their church is, in fact, called a pope, isn't he? Yes, that's right. Chinuda uh, of the Coptic Orthodox Church is, is known as Pope Chinuda. He's known that by that according to the Coptic Orthodox Christians, which, of right. course, is Christianity as it is in Egypt. Yeah. But it's, it's also interesting to note that until a few years ago, when there was a change uh, since the papacy of Pope Benedict, one of the titles in the official directory of the Vatican, called the Annuario Pontificio, was Patriarch of the West. Yes, yes. Uh, and they dropped that title, uh, and there was some confusion. Uh, one explanation was that it was dropped in deference to the Orthodox, uh, that they, rather than calling the Pope uh, also a patriarch, they, they felt that that was um, insensitive to the Orthodox, but some Orthodox have actually said to me, uh, that was one title they were happy with, and they would rather have the Pope drop some of the other ones. <laughs> uh, but yeah. uh, uh, patriarch, patriarch is, is the head of a church, and that church can be either the church universal, as in the Pope, uh, or the head of a local church uh, that in the first millennium, the first thousand years of Christianity, all the heads of churches were known as patriarchs. Yes, they were. And you know, with each other before the split that occurred, uh, more or less officially, but uh, you know, there are many scholars who say, well, it took centuries for the split to occur. But the split between East and West that is pinpointed at te the year 1054. Yes, and the patriarchs that you mentioned before, like, for instance, the Melkite patriarch, there's a Maronite patriarch. These patriarchs of the Eastern Catholic churches are, of course, in full communion with the Pope of Rome. But they nevertheless basically are the heads of their church. Now, the difference with the Orthodox churches that have patriarchs is those patriarchs and the Pope of Rome are not in communion with each other. So that's the difference. I know it gets a little bit complicated, but the idea is that in the East, as it was in the first millennium, as you mentioned, Jack, the first millennium, the first thousand years of the church history, basically the model was different patriarchs, of which the Pope of Rome was simply the patriarch of the West. He always had a certain preeminence over the others, but not 
necessarily jurisdictionally, more like indignity, sort of a tiebreaker, as it were, to put it simply. But in the last thousand years, though, the papacy developed along much stronger lines. And this wasn't the case in the history of the Eastern patriarchs. And that's really where a lot of the difference is in how we see ecclesiology and that whole issue of the papacy as far as ecumenism is concerned, isn't it, Jack? Isn't that your experience? Yes, and, and in fact, um, uh, several uh, people on the Orthodox side, as well as the Catholic, have more or less pinpointed the issue of the papacy, uh, the role of the Bishop of Rome in the Church uh, in general, is the one key issue that still separates us. And if you explain that all the other theological disagreements over small little matters are not matters of faith, and they are not matters of of foundational uh, importance, the only item that really needs to be resolved and everything else would fall into place is the role of the Bishop of Rome and what does it mean in the modern world uh, for uh, the papacy. And for that issue and all that confusion and complexity, we have Jack Figgle to the rescue with another wonderful Orientali Lumen Conference, which is going to deal precisely with these issues, isn't it, Jack? Yes, that's right. The uh, Orientali Lumen number 15 is scheduled for this coming June 20th to 23rd here in Washington, D.C. That's a Monday to and Thursday. the topic, or the title, the, uh, the, the theme of the conference will be Rome and the Communion of Churches, Bishop, Patriarch, or Pope. And we have some very exciting speakers coming uh, for... Uh, to give presentations, to have panel discussions, and to participate in ecumenical liturgical services. The probably uh, foremost Orthodox theologian and one of the uh, members of the official international dialogue is Metropolitan Callistos, Timothy Ware, uh, a, a foremost theologian, uh, teacher, and author, uh, and he will be uh, coming himself from Oxford uh, to be a speaker as well as to be a moderator for the conference. So. Uh, he's always a great fun to listen to with his Oxford accent, but he's also very open-minded uh, and very ecumenical in his thinking. And if you want to hear him, you can go to oltv.tv, correct? Yes. Uh, over the last several years, we've been uh, video recording many uh, lectures uh, on subjects of interest to uh, the East from his days as an Oxford professor, uh, topics on the Church Fathers, the liturgy, uh, ecumenism, and this last trip, uh, two weeks ago, I was with him for a weekend, and we recorded seven lectures on the doctrine of the Holy Trinity, which are, are excellent, excellent uh, summaries of uh, those sorts of uh, programs. Uh, so OLTV.TV is where you can listen to some of his lectures and see him uh, talk at the various conferences. Uh, we also have other conference speakers, uh, Father Taft, Metropolitan Jonah of the OCA, and others who have spoken over the last uh, 15 years at our conferences. So the and audience, uh, the participants, will, be, will get the perspective on the papacy from the Eastern Orthodox, the Eastern Catholics, and the Roman Catholics. That's right. We have the seven speakers lined up uh, representing those traditions. So uh, there'll be uh, a wide range of opinion. Uh, and the, uh, the nice thing about Oriental Lumen conferences is they are unofficial expressions of people's uh, deepest thinking. And yes. so it's an opportunity for in some cases, people to put up trial balloons and to talk very openly about these subjects without uh, having to necessarily represent a particular uh, position of, of a church. And to register for this conference, they can do it online, right? That's right. The, uh, the website for registration is olconference.com. And a new feature this year is that if you can't uh, take the time to travel to Washington or can't afford the travel expense, uh, we're going to offer 
provided we have enough people sign up, an online live webcast of the plenary sessions and panel discussions that you can also register uh, for uh, at the online website. And again, the dates are Monday through Thursday, June 20th to the 23rd of this year, 2011, and it's in Washington, D.C., at the Washington Retreat House. And again, you can register by going to olconference.com. There's also phone number, isn't there, Jack? Yes. The office number is 703-691-8862. One more time. 703-691-8862. Well, Jack, as always, it's a pleasure to have you on Light of the East. Thanks for checking in with us after you've come in from the, the trip overseas. And we'll have you on again and again because uh, you are one of our main men, one of our main contacts for what's happening in the Eastern churches. So don't forget that conference, olconference.com, June 20th to the 23rd, 2011 in Washington, D.C. Thank you again, Jack, and thank all of you for listening today. I'm Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. Would you like to hear this Light of the East program again? Welcome to Light of the East. I'm Father Thomas Loya. Or hear Father Loya's companion program, A Body of Truth. Just visit the radio page at byzantinecatholic.com. That's byzantinecatholic.com. Or hear it again for the first time. Thank you for listening. Next week, we will return to the light of the East. To find out more about Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish, visit our website, byzantinecatholic.com, where you will also find an archive of all of our programs. In order to continue this program with its mission of Christianity's reunion, we need your support with a donation. Any amount would be a blessing. Please make out a check to Light of the East Radio and send it to Light of the East 14610. Will Cook Road, Homer Glen, Illinois, 60491. That's Light of the East, 14610, Will Cook Road, spelled W-I-L-L-C-O-O-K, Road, Homer Glen, Illinois. From the Light of the East, a new dawn of unity is in sight. God bless you, go with God, and may God bless you and grant you many happy years. CRI, Catholic Radio International.com.